Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. This is Saturday, it is a weekend. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you are having a very good start to whatever it is you are up to over the next couple of days. Of course, no Arsenal to watch. We've got to wait for, till Tuesday night to see them in action in the Premier League. But still plenty to talk about today. We've got a few transfer bits. Cedric Suarez involved once again as interest hots up in him a little bit as we head towards the end of the transfer window. David Ornstein linking Arsenal with uh, Lewis Dewsbury Hall over at Leicester, which I thought was an interesting one. Uh, although he did say that Brighton are very much the front runners for him, but I still thought that was an interesting piece of information from David. Uh, got plenty of questions and comments from you guys as well. Um, tiny, small, little bit of football news involving Jurgen Klopp, which I feel like I'm probably going to have to talk about. But of course, the biggest news of the weekend, the biggest footballing news of the day yesterday, without a shadow of a doubt, Gabriel was awarded the second goal against Crystal Palace after being robbed of it initially and it going down as an own goal by Dean Henderson. It was given to Gabriel. So that was clearly the biggest football news of the day yesterday. It was nothing to do with this man, if you're watching on YouTube, that you can see on the screen, a certain Jurgen Klopp, who very handily waited until about two minutes after I published my video yesterday uh, to announce that he would be leaving Liverpool. As uh, Peter here put out, I see Jürgen waited until you filmed your daily film before releasing the news. Unlucky Charles Blake, perfectly timed to miss the Klopp news. Where do you think this leaves Liverpool going forward without a world-class manager? And can Arsenal benefit from this in any way? Thanks, as always, for the great content. Thank you very much, Blake. Can Arsenal benefit from this in any way? Uh, simple answer, yes, because Jurgen Klopp is one of the best managers there is, one of the best managers the Premier League has ever seen. He has revolutionised Liverpool. He has brought them back. He has awoken the beast, whatever you want to say, whatever cliche you want to roll out, he has done it. And he's made Liverpool the force that they are right now. They're top of the Premier League. They're still going for all four competitions this season. They are a relentless machine under Jurgen Klopp. And if it wasn't for a certain little thing called Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, then he'd be sitting here now with about five Premier League titles, I imagine, and probably a fair few more cups as well. The battle between Klopp and Guardiola, between Liverpool and Manchester City, is what the Premier League has basically been all about until Arsenal rocked up um, last season and sort of interrupted things a little bit. But other than that, it's, you know, City versus Liverpool is what it's been about for the last five or six years. Um, and Klopp is just such a big part of that. He's made Liverpool, as I said, just a huge force. And him leaving at the end of the season, I'm sorry, it has to be a good thing for Arsenal. I don't see there's any way, there's no way you can dress this up as a good thing for Liverpool. You know, he's not an ageing manager who looks beyond his best. He's not like Arsene Wenger was when he left Arsenal, which was, you know, very, very obvious. He, he hung on too long. He should have gone a long time before he did. And um, he wasn't at the very top of the game anymore. You cannot say that about Jurgen Klopp. He is still very much at the top of the game. He is showing that this season by the fact he's rebuilt this Liverpool side again and he has on top of the table again. Um, and there is just no way this is a good thing for Liverpool. So for Arsenal, for Manchester City, I mean, you saw what Pep Guardiola said yesterday after, the, after they beat Tottenham in the FA Cup. He said, I'll sleep a lot easier with Jurgen Klopp gone. And he will. And because he has been his arch nemesis, basically, um, going head to head with him for the last few years. And so for Liverpool, it's a huge blow. I mean, Jurgen Klopp has He's just been brilliant for the Premier League. Whatever your thoughts on him, you know, somehow how, how he acts sometimes on the touchlines, whatever. He is a fantastic manager who has completely rebuilt Liverpool. And 
it is a massive, massive blow for them. You know, we'll wait to see who they're going to point. Obviously, Javier Alonso is being linked heavily at the moment, which makes sense because of what he's doing at Leverkusen because of his Liverpool links. But we'll wait and see. There's a long time to go. I think Roberto Zerbi, again, is another manager whose name is in the frame, which is understandably so with what he's doing at Brighton. You kind of look at the emotional nature of Zerbi and wonder if that fits a little bit better with Liverpool than... Alonso, I don't know. Alonso's quite calm. You, know, you think Klopp and Liverpool just worked. At the moment that appointment was made, you felt, yeah, that's a really good appointment. The two of them, we saw how emotional Klopp was at Dortmund. And you need to be an emotional leader at Liverpool because that club is built on emotion, really, I would say. And um, it always looked like a good fit. So, yeah, whoever appoints him is huge, huge shoes to fill. But for Arsenal, it is absolutely a good thing. You know, Arsenal are... Get in there, you know they're right up there. Last season they went a little bit ahead of schedule and they got themselves in front of Liverpool. This season, at the moment, Liverpool have got themselves their noses back in front. But Arsenal are getting there. They're getting up to be one of, you know, if not the best team in in the league, certainly one of the top two, three teams in the league. And one of their main competitors is always going to be Liverpool. So to now be going up against the Liverpool, or from next season onwards, be going up against the Liverpool without Jurgen Klopp leading them, absolutely, it has to be a benefit for Arsenal. But for Jurgen Klopp, can only pay tribute to him for what he's done for Liverpool. And um, I just really, really hope he has a miserable end to his stay <laughs> at Anfield over the next few months. Everything goes wrong in the Premier League. They plummet down from first to whatever, anywhere underneath Arsenal, and uh, Arsenal get the better of them. But aside from that, well done, Jurgen Klopp. You can be very, very proud of what you achieved at Liverpool. Okay, uh, moving on. Actually, here's one from Yevon. Actually, I forgot about you. Sorry, apologies, Yevon. said, hi, Charles. With the massive news today about Klopp's impending departure, just as a neutral and a football fan, how would you sum up his time in England and how he has revolutionized modern football in England, especially in a day and age when teams are state-owned and backed? Yeah, I mean, I've said pretty much everything. In terms of that, I think, again, when I say he was perfect for Liverpool, I really think he is. And, you know, Liverpool are kind of an anti-establishment club. We know with their fan base and their sort of views on the monarchy and the establishment and everything like that. And Klopp was perfect for them. He's kind of the anti-establishment leader as well. You know, the rock and roll, um, gag and press, whatever you want to say about Jurgen Klopp. But um, in terms of how he sort of revolutionized modern football in, in England, when teams are state-owned, you know, he's always gone against that and um, stood up for what he believes in and what he, the people believe in. And that's why Liverpool fans love him so much, because he basically was the leader that Liverpool needed, what the city needed. And he sort of jumped headfirst into the um, the... Just I don't know, just the lifestyle of Liverpool, just what it's all about, and that's what he got it. So yeah, that's that's what I think. Yeah, but, um elsewhere, Arsenal have been training at the Emirates at the moment. They continue to work their way towards Tuesday night's game against Liverpool. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see there the winning team in one of their matches that they played uh, involved Thomas Party, which is a good thing. Obviously, pretty heavily involved in training now for Arsenal. We'll be involved against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday night. Fingers crossed that nothing happens between now and then when it comes to Thomas Party. Um, but yeah, the players enjoyed training session. Mikel likes to do that every so often. I think the fact that they haven't got a game this weekend, he's decided to switch venues for their training um, just to break things up a little bit. So it's just not permanently London Colney, London Colney, London Colney every single day um, and just get a little bit of a different vibe. The players like it as far as I'm aware. They always like it when they get when they go over and train at the, uh, at the Emirates. And um, yeah, Team news-wise, for that game against Nottingham Forest, obviously we've got to wait and see what happens. We've got to wait and see on the big decision on Thomas Party, but certainly looking better right now um, for Arsenal. Still waiting, of course, for Fabio Vieira to come back. Wait and see when that happens. Still a couple of weeks away, at least, I think, with him. But Thomas Party back, um, in Timber, not going to make it. There's a few players who the pick, people have picked up weren't involved or weren't in the pictures. I think Gabriel was one of them. Um, 
which obviously is a little bit of a worry. But again, I wouldn't worry too much about it because you just never know when it comes to Arsenal. You think back to the whole training trip in Dubai, all of that. Zinchenko wasn't pictured or filmed once in any of those things. And that was clearly deliberate. It's what Mikel Arteta likes to do. If anyone's in injury doubt ahead of a game, he never wants them in the pictures or in the videos because he wants the opposition guessing constantly. He makes that message very, very clear. And so, you know, there was no Zinchenko at all throughout the training in Dubai in terms of the pictures. And then he rocks up and he starts in the game against Crystal Palace. So just because there's no Gabriel in these pictures yesterday doesn't mean that he's not going to be involved against Nottingham Forest. We'll just have to wait and see. I think Gabriel Jesus was another player who wasn't in the pictures from that Right, transfer-wise, Cedric Suarez, I ran a story yesterday. I didn't know if you've seen it or not, but if you haven't, my information on Cedric Suarez and Galatasaray are now in the run-in for Cedric. We may know Besiktas are looking at him. There's some clubs in Spain as well and Portugal interested in Cedric before the end of the transfer deadline. Uh, transfer window, sorry, Arsenal are open to letting Cedric go. Cedric is open to going himself. Galatasaray have just agreed a deal with Bayern Munich for Sasha Boe. Boe's going there. He's arrived, I think he's in Germany right now, to um, seal the deal. And my information is that Galatasaray have put the feelers out to inquire about Cedric Suarez as a potential replacement for Sasha Bowe. It's not done yet. I understand it'll be a proper transfer. It's not going to be a loan until the end of the season when his contract's up. Whether any finances will be involved, I have no idea. For Arsenal's point of view, they're not going to get much for Cedric. Just getting his hundred grand a week wage bill uh, wages off the wage bill between now and the end of the season will save him a couple of million at least. Um, but we'll wait and see on that one. Yeah, but my information, Cedric Suarez being uh, monitored by Crystal Palace. As I said, Lewis Dubrujul over at um, Leicester, David Ornstein linking him, but does say that Brighton are in pole position, about £30 million there, looking to potentially play for Dubrujul. He's had a fantastic season in uh, the Championship with Leicester, really highly rated young English player. Thought it was interesting that Arsenal are monitoring him, but it appears that Brighton are very much the side looking to side Dubrujul if he does leave Leicester this transfer window. And of course... The big news, as I said of the day, although fantasy Premier League managers robbed still, Gabriel has been given the second goal, which I felt he should have been. Um, it's weird how they do it. They've got a three sort of independent three-person panel for sort of dubious goals thing. And the first panel decided that it was an own goal. And so it was given as a Dean Henderson own goal. Arsenal later appealed that decision. And so it goes to another independent three-man panel that's involved of sort of football experts and stuff like that. And they have now decided that it was Gabriel's goal. And so he has been awarded it. So he scored twice in that game against Palace. But if you're in your, if you've got him or Bukai Saka, who got the assist in your fantasy Premier League team, you're not going to get the points for it, unfortunately, because uh, it's in the rules that... It, I think it has to be accredited to someone an hour after full time for it to count. If not, the game week's shut and you don't get your points. So any Gabriel or Bukaya Saka managers out there, unfortunately, you are not going to get your added points. Uh, as I was speaking to Simon Collins at the Evening Standard, who I'm sure you all know who's got Gabriel and Saka. Saka was the captain, actually. He was uh, very, very disappointed to hear that news. All right, moving on to some questions now before I wrap things up. Here's one from Ollie, who... um. Not the only person who's got in touch to say this. He actually doesn't mind party in the right-back role. He said, I would actually give the party right-back role another chance. It takes time to work out, and I can see the positives in it. Tactically, a Rice Havertz Odegaard with an inverted party is super strong. Will help out playmaking as party loves the killer ball. Rice cannot do, especially having Havertz in there to ping it to at times. Rest White much more and then be able to get him refreshed to concentrate on overlaps with Saka when he does start. 
All in all, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't want it in every game, but it's definitely a tactical option that shouldn't be shunned. We need that unpredictability. And I'm for, all for what Arteta was trying to do before the injuries. Um, love your stuff. So thank you very much for that, Ollie. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, lots of people, well, not lots of people, but you're not the only person who has said this, who thinks tactically it is actually a good idea. You know, I don't like it. I've never liked it. Whenever I've seen it, I just don't think it's really worked that well. But, you know, I certainly wouldn't rule out that we're going to see it again. The fact that Mikel was doing it at the start of the season, he did it at the end of last season, you know, suggests to me that it's very much something in his mind. And so it wouldn't at all surprise me if we see it. And look, if we see it once or twice, then like, you know, for pure tactical reasons, then, you know, you've got to go with what the manager decides to do. But I don't want to see it as a permanent thing. I certainly don't want to see Thomas Party coming back and just constantly being played at right in, as an inverted right back doesn't sit very well with me but as he said from time to time for a purely tactical thing maybe it is worth it uh here's one from professor eggs love the name said i'd definitely start party for 30 to 45 minutes rather than bringing him on in the second half he's talking about the game on tuesday night at Nottingham forest it gives us a good chance to see him operate and work his way into the game rather than starting against a possibly tired opposition we've been good from trailing positions this season so i don't mind a sub party early on if it means we need to work our way back. If we're somehow behind with 30 minutes to go, I don't know that I'd want to depend on a big unknown to recover. Yeah, fair enough. Fair fair point there. Um, I don't know. I still think I'd probably go with half an hour just to get legs into him. I think you've got, when there's five substitutes, I think you can afford one of them to be Thomas Party to come on for the last half an hour, 45 minutes. You're still going to be able to bring on Martinelli if you start Trossard. You're still going to be able to bring on a Smith Rowe, you know, uh, I don't know, an Eddie and Ketia, so on if you need to change things from a forward point of view with the five subs. So I don't think just playing Thomas Party is going to stop you being able to do that. Um, and I just feel if you give him 30 minutes on Tuesday night, then that's going to put him in a really good position to potentially start against Liverpool the following weekend. I think if you've been out basically since October, you have not played anything, got no minutes in your legs since October to go straight into your first game in the starting role on Tuesday. And I don't think you can really start a player for 30 minutes can you you're not going to bring him off at half an hour through the first half that just feels like a waste of substitution even to make a change at half time yeah you do that in a pre-season game when you're getting players ready I don't think you can do that in a Premier League game so I get what you're saying but um for me I think the best thing is give him half an hour in that second half against Nottingham Forest really get some minutes into his legs and then he can really sort of be ready fully fit to at least get six to the 60 70 minute mark against Liverpool because that game is so so huge and given what's happened now with Jurgen Klopp as well it's going to take on even more added importance they do have one game between now and then I'm glad it's Arsenal aren't the first game that Liverpool are playing since the announcement they've got their FA Cup match with Norwich today I uh, don't envy Norwich much going to Anfield today on the back of that announcement um but even so, you think Liverpool are going to be riding a bit of an emotional roller coaster between now and the end of the season. I don't necessarily think that might be a good thing for them. Maybe it's too over-emotional. We saw what happened with Arsenal last season. I think a lot of what happened with Arsenal was maybe they did get a bit too emotional at times last season they, and they struggled to keep their heads. Will that happen with Liverpool? Will players start to question their futures and they're knowing that there's a new manager coming in who they don't know who it's going to be? You know, is there uncertainty? One thing you don't want in a football team, especially when you're challenging for the very top trophies, is any sort of uncertainty because uncertainty can breed, can lead to, you know, mixed results and things like that. So I don't necessarily think, I know lots of people saying this is, they're definitely going to win the league now because they're going to do it for Klopp, all of that things. They might really want to do it for Klopp, but some that might actually work against them in a way. So yeah, interesting. See how things pan out with Liverpool. Right. That's it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening. As always, I really do appreciate it. Have a very good start to your weekend. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all once again. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 